Hi there everyone, welcome to Mercurial Verse, a podcast exploring the lives, inspirations and writing styles of Scottish songwriters. My name's Chris Finnegan and for this, our first episode, I sat down with Mark Deans over a couple of beers and had a thoroughly enjoyable chat about life, music and all that good stuff. We ended up chatting for a good wee while, so this one comes in two parts. Mark's EP, Heatherbank Hill, is released on July 13th and he's got a launch party at Purple Orange and Bathgate on Saturday the 14th of July. So get yourselves along, or at the very least, check him out on Spotify. Hope you enjoy it. I should also mention that this conversation picks up halfway through some chat about Queen and Adam Lambert, um, so hopefully it makes sense when you pick it up from there. I think that the, the tape that I had when I was a kid that I played the most, I was about 12, 13, 14, that kind of age, was probably Queen's Greatest Hits. It was like a, a bootleg copy that I got in some random boot sale in Northern Ireland, visiting family across there. And uh, and I, I just listened to Queen's Greatest Hits like f- forever and uh, totally loved it, like just so good. But then I'd like, obviously, Freddie Mercury died pretty soon after, or around about that kind of time that I was starting to listen to them. Maybe it was even after he died that I started listening to them. Um, and I just kind of thought, well, you know, never get to see them. Uh, but even when they started touring I, I, like, with was Adam Lambert, um, I was like... I think it was, uh, um, what's his face first? The guy from, is it Yes? Oh, right. Paul Rogers, I think. Right, right. Okay. Uh, for years and then Adam Lambert now. Cool. Um, I just kind of thought, I don't know if I don't know if I, I want to see that, if it's not Freddie Mercury, but... I don't know, he seems to do a pretty good job. So I was really, really cautious about it, mm. to be fair. Um I think when I was younger we had like one of my like one of my um my best mates a wee bit older, he absolutely adored Queen. Ah. So when Freddie died, I think he was about eleven or twelve years old and he yeah. was just absolutely devastated. Uh and I, I when we really got to know each other, I think I was about fourteen, thirteen, fourteen year old and he absolutely loved him still. He was he was in his twenties, about twenty four, twenty five. And he had uh, that grey greatest hit CD, yeah, uh, and he listened to it. And we used to, I used to help him wash windows, uh-huh. and we used to listen to it all the time. Um, and it was just amazing. And I remember thinking the first time, and this was years before this, but I remember hearing Bohemian Rhapsody and just mm. thinking, this is the weirdest thing <laughs> yeah. I've ever heard in my entire life. But it's so good. I remember the first time I heard it, I was sitting in my mum's bedroom, and I was like, I, I must have been about six years old, mm. man. Uh, and it was on, and I just remember thinking, this is the bizarrest. It's just such a nice build perfect soundscape and then it's just it's literally insane it doesn't make any sense yeah yeah but no it doesn't make any sense but uh, I, I, I loved it I think, you know, and I remember watching it in um, Wayne's World like where they're in the in the van and stuff and it's you know sort of do 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 and they're all moshing away and you just kind of think, like and everyone like literally just, just does exactly you can't help it it's like it's just a, a reflex that you <clears throat> the last the last maybe three days we've been doing it non-stop uh, I, I, I Robin hates it because I sing constantly and it's not even maybe singing it's me like, like just <laughs> stupid random sound effects uh, and I whistle when I go pee and she hates it um, and the last few days I've just been breaking into Queen and she joins in it's great yes. so she'll join in you, you finally found some common ground that's amazing <laughs> well, we, we, share a, a really, we share a taste in music and I've kind of moulded her uh, I've spent the last five years delicately trimming off the uh, trimming off the horrible music taste she never did have a, a horrible music taste to be fair but um, we've been to so many interesting gigs and we've shared a lot of laughs about it but I've never been so excited I think I didn't never expected to see Queen mm-hmm. uh, and obviously from that time when I was uh, it was with Ian um, he, was, he always loved them mm-hmm. and he always spoke so highly he wanted to see them so much I never ever thought I would get to see them because yeah. obviously I think they're about Brian is about 7 year old I know so yeah, he's, yeah, yeah he's uh, nah, uh, no, no spring chicken but they still play at the one. Mm. Like they still play. I've seen in the last six weeks. I've seen Dragon Force, and I'm only naming them because they're famous guitarists. Uh, Dragon Force, Events Involved, Guns N' Roses, uh, Zach Wilde, who was Osborne, Joe Perry, and Johnny Depp in the Hollywood Vampires. Mm. And then I'm going to see Brian May. Mm. And I thank you all of them. I'm <coughs> literally the most excited to see Slash, and I love Zach Wilde and Slash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, Brian May. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've been. I was excited to see Slash and uh, Zach Wilde. Never ever thought I'd see. Aye. But Brian May, man, he's just so underrated. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, he's he's got a really interesting style, a really interesting sound. Like just, it's just super crisp. Yeah, and it's like a, a guitar that he built himself when he was when he was younger. Like so. Fourteen years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Uh, I was 
still, I, I wasn't sold, like, with the, the um, Adam Lambert stuff, but we, when I got tickets, I was just, I said, right, we'll give him a wee chance, like, Robin's favourite band, uh-huh. so I didn't know what I, Robert, we missed it in January, and I didn't know what I, can I keep this from her, so I was like, well, see what happens, if I've got, can I, if I've got fans, we'll get them, if not, then we'll have to do without, I managed to get them, and then we started watching the videos, and the first video I watched was uh, Queen Adam Lambert at uh, uh, Dialo Light 16, mm-hmm. Doing Radio Gaga, and I never realised it before, but that's my favourite Queen song. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just so I could just get captured by it, man. The claps and then his voice. There's a bit about a minute and a half in the video where his voice is just insane. Mm. And I love Freddie, yeah, but Adam Lambert, man, honestly, it's amazing. And it, the first time I heard it, I, I wound it back, did the fifteen second rewind on YouTube, and I watched it about six times. <laughs> honestly, just that one. If you if you go back to my Facebook about four days ago, I shared yeah. it. Cool. You'll see exactly what I mean. It's fantastic, and I'm so excited to see them. I I need to check it out because I've not I've not checked them out at all. Um, a lot of people give them stick, and to be fair, I didn't rate. <coughs> and this is completely honest and bi- unbiased. I didn't even listen to the guy, Aye. and I straight away I hate him. Yeah, and I think it's only because it came from that like full background of like the American Idol, like the X yeah. Factor kind of style of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I was like, do you know what? It's just amazing. Aye. His voice is, is absolutely sublime. I don't know if it's maybe if he uses loads of reverb or or what it does, but it sounds like there's about six people singing at once. Uh-huh. Like it does use reverb yeah. a lot, but there's parts of it where I'm like, that is his voice. And he's reaching notes that Freddie hit, but he's reaching them so crisply. Mm-hmm. It's like he's been taught for years and years and years. And as much as that kind of makes it sanitised a little bit, it takes away the edge of Freddie Mercury, he's absolutely smashing it. Aye. And I think anyone that gives him gives him shit for it is doing them a disjust, like a, a disjustice. Cause yeah, yeah. Is that a word? Uh, injustice 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 <laughs> Jesus an injustice we, uh, we can make up words no, we can make up words we do, do it like it's, <laughs> it's all good alright now you were saying about um, like sort of trying to weed out Robin's bad taste uh, in music and uh, like Sarah still has a bit of a bugbear about when we moved in like sort of like got married and got a flat and all that kind of stuff we were sucking out our CDs like Sarah's a total neat freak she needs everything to be like sort of really quite tidy you'll Probably able to tell by the fact that our house is fairly fairly immaculate. If I were left to my own devices, I would be on like a Channel Five documentary <laughs> about a guy who died under a pile of twenty five year old newspapers or something. You know what I mean? But uh, I saw like <laughs> so she wanted to put all our CDs into uh, you know the kind of CD folders so that we didn't have like sort of cases and cases of like yeah personally yeah yeah it really it was it was a a big a big sacrifice on my part i felt um but i I put all of my cds essentially into into the kind of main case and a couple of sarah's cds and then like her cds were all relegated to the kind of like sort of random like free cds that you got free with like i don't know like uncut or whatever or like <laughs> dvds that you got free with a magazine and so they the were in the, dvd with a case of scratch yeah the yeah, yeah yeah exactly I feel so like. her cds were, were all in that one and just relegated to the bottom of the pile and yeah she didn't take it very well and i probably should have been a bit nicer about it but uh, i can't imagine she was happy <laughs> she'd be fair when i think uh when i met robin she's an artist do you know what i mean mm. she's done amazing stuff and she does amazing work every single day um but I don't think music was really a part of it. Yeah. And then it just became, like, I was playing, I started, I was looking for a band at the time, um, and about six months after we started seeing each other, I met uh, Davey, who was a, a, a taxi driver, he was a good friend, but I was good friends with his sons, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I've always, I'd known him for years. Uh, I remember a taxi, a taxi one night with a lassie from my work. Um, and she just got completely ignored and I, he'd actually came to pick her up and he's like I'll jump in I'll give you a lift back so we're driving back and he was like oh I've got these lyrics and I'm going through a really crappy time and I've got these lyrics I've got sheets and sheets and sheets of them uh, but I can't play anything do you want to come down and maybe have a wee jam and we'll see what happens and I was like well do you know why because I'd been looking for something to do um, and it was just difficult to find anywhere to go so I was like well do you know why uh, so the only night we had free was a Monday so we're like right well if you if you come and get me, um, he almost did like it was about a, a forty minute walk away maybe. But if he said, "I'll come get you, come down, have a few beers and that," and then that'll be that. Mm-hmm. So uh, every week without fail uh, for about a year, but a year and a half between the the, the first time I jammed with him mm-hmm. uh, and the first album came out was about a year and a half, and it was quality because we were every single every single week we were down. Sometimes we didn't write anything. Yeah. 
and it was like we're just literally just sitting getting drunk and having a laugh yeah, yeah. and then there was times where I'd go down with some lyrics and he'd come out with some like this is magic uh, and it worked it was it was difficult it was hard going and it was like it, it was thinking it took a lot of time to get there but uh, when we finally got the, the album together well we done an EP first we done um, I, I'd written a song called Street Light Lullaby mm-hmm. uh, one night with Bill and mate Dave we were sitting chatting away and it was like one of the first nights I'd spoke to Robin yep um, we were sitting chatting away and I just started playing this weird earth and I wrote just a verse or two uh, and I just and I, I never ever do this but I hit the stride and I was like right I'll just go to the light and I loved it straight away because uh, I hadn't written a song I'd never written a song like that, that was, I'm going to count that as probably the first song I'd ever written properly right okay and I was like man this is really I really love this song uh-huh. um, so I took it down to him and he was like right let's let's build more do you know yeah. what I mean we did uh, and I think within that was I think June 13 I'd written that and then the EP came out in <laughs> this was like June, January 15 mm-hmm. the EP came out so it was a long time yeah, yeah. but it, it was so worth it man I had yeah. such a good time bringing it out and I, I'd played I hadn't played a gig I'd never played a gig before do you know what I mean up until that point in January 15 um, I'd only been writing and I'd been playing guitar up by that point for about 10 years just hammered away do you know what I mean I hadn't even started writing songs until that point until David had said come down we'll, we'll try and get something together that's cool so you kind of like kick started it unintentionally yeah just like I always I'd always kind of written written me songs but like the the one that kind of grabbed everyone's attention and it's only because it's such a personal one for me and I don't mean everyone's attention I mean like my very close like yeah. circle of people um there's one called Faithful Departed on the first album mm-hmm. that I'd written in 2011 uh, like my best mate's wee boy passed away right um, and the the line from the, the chorus is uh, it's not goodbye it's a case of see you there mm-hmm and I lifted that directly from mother mate, whose wee brother was my best friend at school. Uh-huh. Like when I was like primary school age, yeah, uh, he passed away as well, Declan. And he, uh, he had written a poem about it, uh, and I just lifted it and asked him about it. And yeah. I was, he was like, "Yeah, definitely, go and pop it in." So uh, my my nephew had passed. Well, I say my nephew, my best mate, boy, passed away. Uh, my grand had passed, then passed away a month later, and it was just like this is perfect. And I, I mean, me and Aidan had only just became reacquainted as well. So we'd only just started seeing each other again after about, literally about 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and it just seemed like the perfect time. So I'd written that song, and then that was 2011, and I hadn't written anything else. So I played this song to death, <laughs> like about 14 million times yeah. uh, in that three-year period. And then it was nice, because I was like, right, I've got this song. I don't know what to do with it. Uh, let's do something else. And we just started writing. Um and then the, the EP came out uh, Street of the Lullaby came out in the January uh, and it was so exciting do you know what I mean I'd never done anything like that before um, I'd taken the photo of myself we mm-hmm. then got the labels made up we printed the CDs ourselves yep. done everything and then just gave it out for free so we'd absolutely hammered it spent lots of money trying to yep. get it together and then just gave it away but it was good and we recorded it I recorded it with my mate Zed who's done this one yeah I saw you having a a wee conversation on Facebook earlier on. He's an absolute gentleman. Uh, I met him, I worked at, that's entertainment, I'm not sure if I can speak about that, we'll beat it. <laughs> uh, I worked there at the centre, uh, I can't speak about that either, but um, I met him there and we struck up a conversation straight away um, and he was just a really interesting guy and he was studying music and he was he then went on to do uh, sound production I'm sure and he's he's got so much equipment and so much knowledge and yeah. he's like an absolute fountain. And he's just a good friend to have in many ways. Yeah, do you know? And I feel like I feel bad, obviously saying that because he is. He's a really good friend mm. to have for that kind of purpose. But he's also just the nicest guy to be around, man. Um, like the first time, first time round, I'd never recorded a anyone before, uh, and I couldn't play a click track. Yeah. So well, it's, it's hard to do. Like it's, oh, it's difficult. Uh, I still don't do it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's kind of why I enjoy playing the way I do because I play with my fingers. I I've got decent timing because I play drums, mm. but I just really don't care do you know what I mean yeah. and, and it sounds like oh you're not a great musician if you don't play the time I do play the time but I play how I feel like it should do you know what I mean I feel the time and I know that sounds so precocious no, man, but no, it's no. like I don't think so do you know what I mean you just go with it and, and there's, I've got one of my best mates uh, we used to jam together all the time until he just gave up he was like I can't jam with you I just can't keep your time I can, you can keep time I mean he's a good musician yeah. but he can't keep he can't keep like my time yeah. I can't speak Um. 
it's just because my hands are going up and down constantly. And Robin says the same. I've been teaching Rob's guitar since like 2015, like late 2015. Uh, and for the first maybe year and a half, I was just getting so frustrated and she hated it <laughs> because she was like, I don't understand what you're saying. Um, and it was difficult because I was like, well, just, just look and play it, man. I've no idea how you teach someone. Do you know, I've never been, I've never been that guy to yeah. sit and teach somebody anything. Um, but around about that time when the, the first album came out, so that was January was the EP, uh, the Street Level by EP, and then David got really really unwell in the April I think I believe he, he had like a, a brain hemorrhage. Oh man! So that was that was us. That yeah, was yeah. that was our time was... basically done because he was just so unwell. Yeah. And he came back really quick. Uh-huh. Like he was surprisingly fast. He got back to himself. Uh, but I couldn't drive and he was just having a difficult time of it. Yeah. Um props to him man, he's solid again, he's back on his feet and doing absolutely amazingly. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, but that was around the time I met um like the guys at PO. Mm-hmm. Um and they were like, We want to sign you, man, we want to get you on board. And that's very cool. Because I'd I'd only just been getting on my feet. I'd literally played my first gig I think in January. Yeah. And this is April time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Jesus Christ, that is awesome. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Well, I didn't see you straight away. I was like, it's pretty cool, man. Uh, like I'm doing my thing, and then I'll let you know. Um, and it just so happened like one of my, my good mates, Chris, uh, who's doing a podcast called Homeless Cast. You should listen. To it. Um, nice plug, nice plug <laughs> His sister Sam uh, was looking. She was doing sound at John Esk, and she was looking for somebody to record one track. Uh, and I went in with the intention of doing one track, and then I ended up doing nine in one night. <laughs> literally, <laughs> that's the way to do it. Literally, because it was just me and my guitar. Yeah. She was expecting me to have to do like loads of layers and stuff. And in hindsight, I should have, I should have done. Uh, but I just wanted it out. Do you know what I mean? I was so desperate to get something out, and I had between uh, David getting on well, so between maybe the January time uh, fifteen up until May, I just went on a writing spree, and mm-hmm. I'd written songs that I'd well, I'd never ever thought I could write before yeah so the songs were coming out and I was like Jesus do you know what I mean like what is going on here um, and I was as soon as they were coming out I was putting them down like literally there was one night I was in the studio uh, and I just I had this riff that I'd been playing about me for about six weeks and I had this song that there was a riff that was a bit redundant I couldn't really get into it but the song was like the lyrics were good I was like well it's kind of made a melody up literally on the spot and I was like this needs to be recorded right now <laughs> and I did and it got recorded and that was it Um. But I find it so exciting, and that's why I'm, I'm where I am right now. I'm buzzing about it because at that point I w- I'd never been in a studio. I'd never even been in a studio before at that stage. Uh-huh. Like I'd been in with the band. Like I was in a, a band in two thousand and two thousand eleven playing drums. Yeah. Not really. It was a live. Like we recorded live. And it was amazing. They clicked, well, it was a click track, but I didn't keep doing it. <laughs> um, but it was just exciting again. Um, and we're going back and forward every Monday night. We went for recording on. Uh, like Audacity on the laptop yep. to recording and have like a million pound studio at John S. Yeah, and I, again, I had no idea. So when I was recording this stuff, I was like, "That's cool, like one take, this done." Uh, move on. And again, looking back, there were songs on there that I'm like, "Oh my god!" And I get awkward because I went into my mum's about about a month ago, maybe, and she was listening to my album at lunchtime, and I was like, "That's so weird." Because I hadn't even heard this. It yeah. was the one that I'd written and recorded on the same night. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't even heard it in like a, two years, man. Literally, because it got taken down off Spotify and then oh, and iTunes and all that at the same time. And I'd, I'd not even listened to the CD in like two years. Yeah. So I'd, I'd completely not even thought about them. Uh, and I walked into the house and she was listening to it. And I was like, holy oh, shit, this is really <laughs> weird and nice hearing yeah, you listen yeah. to them and hearing the songs again. Uh, but there was times I was like, oh my god, that was out of tune. Or like, oh no, no just <coughs> no, completely like, I, I, these uh, people, like, these got listened to hundreds of times. Mm. And now, like, oh my god, people think, if, I, if I'm releasing something, people will think like, oh man, like, that's, it's just him. Um, and I think there's been enough time passed, hopefully, that people are like, ah, maybe it's grown. <laughs> um, and the amount of people that have said, like, obviously that was uh, 15, 16, I moved in uh, the flat. Uh, and two days later, I fell out with the label. I fell out with the PO mm-hmm. and stupid stuff, but we, we fell out for a long time. Um, and in between that, I literally played maybe a gig every two months or something like that. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like there was an ongoing uh, rush for music. Mm-hmm. So I was building up this catalogue of songs. Uh, when I moved in East Collar, I just got a sudden rush of like, just this impetus to write almost. I mean, I was writing constantly. And I went for writing, like, I had this is, so this is like, 
the ten songs. This is don't listen the weird way. The first album. Yep. And then I'd written these songs within like six months, and then it just kept coming, and I was like, this is amazing. And I had a wall. I think two thousand and sixteen. Then two thousand sixteen. Um, I got really anxious, and I was like, what is going on here? Because I hadn't played for so long. I think. Um, and then things got to me with work. I was like working lots and lots of hours and traveling lots. I just got on top of me and I stopped writing. So I got to about this point here and then just couldn't write anymore. And I wasn't playing gigs. I was super anxious all the time and it was horrific. Like going to work, I couldn't write. I could. I was making plans with people and just bailing because, do you know what I mean? It just gets just so... Too too much. Yeah. And I'd never ever been like that before. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? I'm, the, I'm a confident, confident guy. Uh, I've never been shy about anything. And that's about taking a piss at myself or doing stupid stuff do you know what I mean? I don't want to hurt myself. Like, I don't want to jump off stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. like, I've never been shy. Uh-huh. Uh, and then suddenly, I was just, like, anxious. One day, I was sitting at my desk at work, and it was like, I just, my heart was bouncing. I, I think we were both at Purple Orange the same night as Adele Boy was playing, uh, and he's got a new song called Panic Attack. Were, were you there? I'm not sure. That night, maybe you'd head it off by that point. Um, but, uh, no, he's, he's got a song called Panic Attack. He, <laughs> he sort of introduced it and said, uh, yeah, I've, I've uh, about a year ago, I started taking panic attacks just out of the blue so I wrote a song about it and this is called Panic Attack you know it was just yeah in, in his kind of uh, exactly how it starts though just just out, in his way there know. was nothing to it do you know what I mean uh, I was sitting at my desk uh, and I was having a bit of a not even a, a, a rough day it was just a boring day do you know what I mean I was sitting and then I'm not sure what came over me but I was like man I need to I, I went home you know what I mean I sat at my desk I was like I can't I don't know what, I, I, it was only literally because I had no idea what was happening yeah so uh, I left and I just got away from the situation and now that was me so that was my last shift uh, and that was I think in the March excuse me and I got signed off and it wasn't I, I always think about people in that situation and thinking I'm like oh it can't be that bad do you know yeah, what I mean but that, right, that the really six weeks is. off like are you serious yeah and it was literally like that like to the point where I didn't want to go out uh-huh. do you know what I mean I spent and I, the, again, this always sounds like I always hear people on podcasts and on the radio like, oh, I've been really depressed before. I was never depressed. I was just anxious to the point where I could barely function. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I couldn't think to function a, a sentence together or I couldn't think, I couldn't get conscious enough thoughts to be able to do stuff. Uh, and I got past it. Do you know what I mean? I got a new job where I'm now and I love it. Um, and the same day I got that job, I got uh, I was on, going on holiday in Amsterdam, so <laughs> I got a call uh, literally in the airport, two pints deep, to say you got the job, uh, enjoy your holiday. That's, I was like, that's the way to do it. This is awesome. Um, and at that point, I was like, this is gold, and that was me. Uh, and then June came last year, and by this point, I hadn't written a song in six months. Right. So December was. It sounds like it was a, a very sort of fallow. Oh, it was quite horrible. You know, uh, but before that, like, even the songs uh, here, where are we? So the songs before that were Complex Reasoning, I think, was about the... There was an attack in Nice, I mm. think, and the, the truck hit Yeah, hit yeah, I remember. Yeah. That was that. And then Heartache, Magic, Trick and Counting Cheap were both... They're both about similar things. Um basically just about kind of coming up coming up on somebody that you you just feel so lucky about mm-hmm. like the Heartache Magic Trick was the one I played on uh, Friday when I finally got people to be quiet and the, the first that, time that was the kind, of, the, the kind of quiet one that's on your EP was it? yes that, yeah I love yeah. that, that was, cheers man yeah. um, and that one kind of came around at the same time as uh, Count Cheap and they're, they're similar structures similar songs but they're just both really chill and yeah. that was that I wrote a few kind of protesty songs. Robin hates it because she's always <laughs> like, "You don't ever play them live." Uh, you, like, what are you gonna do with them? I do play them live, but uh, I don't know. You have to judge a crowd. It's it's a funny one because I've I've got a, a song called "Dear Donny," which is about President Trump <clears throat> to give him his proper title. I like it. And uh, but it 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 changed. I, I had to change the lyrics so often because the mad shit he was doing. Just you know, like whatever mad stuff he'd done in the last iteration of my song was now old news and forgotten about, and so I kind of it's cool I, that you I can had, just pick and like just pick it out. And yeah, so it. I had like sort of three or four versions of it that I've played live, and I did record a version that's 
uh, pretty rough and ready. Um, but yeah, like sort of, it, it does really depend on on the crowd. And there's a guy that's asked me a few times, "Oh, did you play your, your Donald Trump song?" I'm like, I, I genuinely can't remember it because I've played it so infrequently. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like, it, it really. I used to go. Does I, that's, I went through a period when I was playing uh, in the early days. It sounds so <laughs> shit. Saying back that, in the day, but back in the day, uh, like fifteen, early sixteen, when I was when I first started playing properly. Uh, where I would literally just be like, this is my set, I'm going to protest stuff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, nothing um, wrong with it, man. Like, Right to Kill was one of my favourite songs, and it came out in one go. Um, and it, 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 there was elements taken from a song, and this was like about 10 years, 12 years ago. Um, one of my good mates was in the fourth season, he'd written a, a lyric about um, going to heaven mm-hmm. and not being righteous because you've been to war mm-hmm. and how that would affect you once you were dead. Uh, that's, and it that's takes, got some depth that's, yeah definitely yeah, yeah. it was super emotional mm. um, but then I just lifted from it and I'd, I'd written this riff and I was like I don't have any lyrics and I, I took two lines of what he'd, he'd written and just expanded on it and made it into this song um, and I just love it um, and that was that was the protest they won for that album mm-hmm. and I used to it used to get great reactions man people really liked singing yeah. along it because everyone's pissed off about stuff yeah uh, especially at that time I don't know I can't remember what even was going on at that point but People raging about stuff, and then moving forward, I've got Phil Who Be King with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it just because it's a nice, it's a nice song. I don't know <laughs> if I can say that, man, but no, it's, it's uh, fair enough. It's a, a really strange subject, but I remember hearing. I can't remember who it was that I heard saying this, but I, th- I think they said it about Joni Mitchell. Um, and it was a, or sort of somebody like Joni Mitchell at the very least um, but they, they were singing this song uh, in front of all these kind of like you know sort of high sort of high up world leader types you know like or you know kind of like congress or, or whatever it was um, all these sort of people with power and she's singing these songs that were, that were essentially the, the lyrics were kind of like protest type lyrics but it's this beautiful song beautiful melody beautiful voice she's singing things um, that really are speaking truth to power, um, but then uh, everyone, all these people who she's singing them about, essentially, all at the end, all clap their hands and think it's wonderful because you you can you can sing things to a beautiful melody that you'd never get away with saying or that you'd you'd be called out for. Absolutely, for saying private. Yeah, Scott used to do it all the time. Do you know what I mean? There's there's songs that are absolutely beautiful mm. that are. Uh, absolutely miserable at the same yeah, time yeah. like vile almost do you know yeah. what I mean at some points and it's like it's always what, what's the phrase like an oxymoron mm-hmm. where it's like you, it, this beautiful melody beautiful song but the lyrics are the, like, the most dire mm. um, sort of juxtaposed against yeah, each other exactly yeah. yeah and I like that though I think it's some of, the best, some of the best songs I've ever written have been like that yeah I, I completely agree I, I think yeah more and more I, yeah, what I would love to do is write things that I find interesting in that kind of way you know kind of um part of that whole creative process that that actually takes a lot of time and takes a lot of effort certainly i find it doesn't anyway. i don't know like sort of do you find it takes you a while or do you find it does it come pretty easily just the moment it takes you it does not take me easily <laughs> no it does not uh and i oh i, I my timeline i was I, where was i this is I'll get back Sorry, to no, 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 this I'm, is like I'm, this is I'm this is why <laughs> not all this is why it doesn't take me easily. Um so that was me. Started my job, um twenty ninth of May, I think. Uh-huh. Seventeen. Fourteenth of June, uh, Grenfell happened and what my best mate, one of my be- my very, very best mates had a baby and then one of my family friends died. Like literally <laughs> before ten AM. So I'd been on the bus I went to, I got the bus to a pre op for a surgery I was going for. Uh, and then uh, seen Grenfell obviously when I was sitting getting ready for work uh, for going to this, the hospital got a text on the bus to say that the kid had been born and I was like oh my god the kid's here and then I was like Jimmy's dad and I was like oh my god do you know what I mean and that's this was before 10 o'clock in the morning absolutely nuts yeah. so I got home and I hadn't written a song this is June so I hadn't written a song since December time mm. and that's and I was on a roll man I'd written about 15 songs in, in a, about three months that I was proud of as well not, yeah. like I, I've written hundreds of songs that I'm just like so you've just discarded that was shit yeah yeah, yeah. That's, but there's songs that I was like do you know what I would play this live or I'd put this out um, and that was the first one in ages mm-hmm. uh, and that day I wrote it and it's called One In One Up uh, basically just literally like like Sardis Days Dry Your Eyes 
putting a strongest face. Um, heard about there's two types of tears that we cry for when someone's born and someone dies, mm-hmm. one in, one out, or so they say, a heartbreaking, heartbreaking kind of day. Uh, and I loved it. That's nice. But I've never played it live. <laughs> Literally. Why not? Why not? I don't know. I forgot, I forgot about it for a long time because uh-huh. my dad died immediately after. Wow, okay. So it kind of got put on the back burner again. Um, so I was like the 14th of June I wrote that uh, Green Day got cancelled which I was absolutely raging about I remember the 4th of July yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah a year ago yesterday so I was absolutely <laughs> get, like literally this time last year I was hungover and still raging um, so that but that happened and I was bitter about that and then the 13th of, uh, 13th of July my old man got taken out of the hospital so I'd only been to work that was about 6 weeks maybe after I started my job uh, and I remember I got the phone call for it, basically my mum called me at work and she never ever called me mm. and I heard her say before I even said hello, she was like, his name's Dexy, like a person called Dexy. And I was like, oh, oh no. So, and I'd heard her say that twice before and I knew exactly why yeah, she was saying yeah, it. Yeah. And I was like, oh no. Uh, and that was that. And he got taken and he was rushed into the hospital. And I got a lift up to the hospital and it was mental. And it was just chaos. And then from there, everything got put on the back burner. Mm-hmm. So that was the 30th of July. Uh, he died on the 20th of July last year. Um, and then literally... I had to put my life on hold almost mm-hmm. for a little bit, and I, and there's no resentment. I don't like I don't have any harsh feelings at all about it because my mom had no one else. Do you know what I mean? And I was yeah. there for her, um, and it was it was hard, man. Do you know what I mean? I think about it sometimes, and it's difficult at the moment. I'm still thinking like when I think about my old man, literally just like that last day is all I can think about. Mm-hmm. So it's still difficult, uh, and I'm hoping obviously it's anniversary next week. I'm hoping that once that's over with, and I get all this first year stigma out of the way that. Yeah. I can kind of go forward and think about other stuff like playing pool with him and shooting, shooting shit with him. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, so that was that, and that was the six month, uh, the six weeks after. I went back to work after rum, so we went to rum in August. Yep. Uh, came back, had the trippy experience coming back, <laughs> and then almost immediately I went back to work. So about three days after I came back, I went back to work, and that was three and a half weeks after I died. Um, I was back a week off for ten days. Um, on holiday uh-huh. and then I got signed off because I was like I was I was stressed out again yeah. this was like just after the March incident uh-huh. so I was only just kind of getting back on my feet for that yep. going back to work and getting normal uh, and then I just hit the skids again man. was it another like panic attack kind of thing or was yeah. It, yeah oh absolutely but it was like a hundred million times worse because I was well you'd had so much going on it was horrific man. and it was uh, like dealing I'm going to get my mum sorted so she didn't have anything she didn't mm-hmm. have any income any um government funding or anything like that so she had to get our bank account sorted her ID and all that so that was everything and then we had to get the funeral paid for which by the way is, I've never paid for one before yeah, yeah, but it's not, expensive it, as fuck um, and we were lucky uh, we, were, we got put in touch with Safa like Barama Charity and they helped us out uh, the funeral directors were amazing they were really lovely and that. so everything was good obviously apart from the the, the, fu- but the, the funeral was really nice obviously mm. but yeah. um, the aspects of it that I would have changed mm. Um but after that, obviously, I went back to work, got signed back off, and it was horrific. Just because I was like, I was going to bed at night, um, and like not being able to sleep for ages, just yeah. constantly th- my heart was bouncing, constantly thinking about them, and it was like think about, just literally just the last five minutes of them being here. Do you know mm. what I mean? It was so difficult because my mom was so so much in a panic, and uh, it was horrendous, man. But I knew that, and this is what got me past it. Uh-huh. I knew that that was it. Yeah, that I've felt the worst thing I'll ever feel in my entire life. Mm. I see my mum watch my dad go, uh, and that life can only get better from here, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has. I mean, I stuck, stayed positive, um, and it's so far it's worked. And I think a lot of that, a lot of me getting positive again, or getting to a point where I was going back to work, and that then building me up. Yeah, was erratic cinematic coming out. Right. When Jerry Simmons album came out, it's so weird and so <laughs> random, right? But uh, when that when that album came out, I, the first time I listened to it, I was like, "This album is fucking magical, man! It's mm. a great album." And it's literally just because it it reminds me of when I was young. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of aspects of it, like that that like I never drank out, like I never drank in the park or that. Uh-huh. But there's aspects of it where I'm like, "This is exactly what it's like growing up here." Uh-huh. And he's singing about uh, obviously Glasgow, but Scottish you like when you're yeah, young, yeah, Scotland it's, it's the exact it's, same. It's, do you know absolutely. what I mean? You're always playing the same games. You're always doing the exact same stuff. Uh, I don't know, I just think it's a beautiful album. I think it's really well written, it's beautiful. Uh, and he was doing what I did, man. He, he was recording, I'd recorded on Audacity just a couple of demos, laid on my vocals and playing me solos and doing me whistly parts. Mm-hmm. And he released an album of exactly that. 
it's and the same sort of stuff. That's, that's cool. And that's, as he says himself, he's building his own bonfire. Uh-huh. He's not signed. He's, he doesn't get radio play really until very recently. Never yeah. had any. Um, and he's done amazingly. Um, and good, good on him. Do you know yeah, what I mean? That absolutely. album. Uh, have you listened to it? Have you heard uh, it? I, I've heard it. Well, I don't know if I've listened to the, the entire album, but I've certainly heard bits and bobs, and I've enjoyed what I've heard. I've, I've really liked it. I've seen a couple of his like sort of um, live. Uh, videos and, and that kind of stuff the madness yeah, yeah. the madness mate um, just, I know he's, he's he's good I've enjoyed it more than I expected to actually I kind of expected him to be a, a bit of a um, kind of I, I guess I, I prejudged him and and like you know I think it comes and, a lot and, and from, what he was doing but I think it um, comes a lot from the audience that he's that he's, he's built up and that's not a reflection again on him at all uh, it's not a reflection really on most of the audience but mm-hmm. excuse me excuse me geez oh um, I knew what it would be like, uh-huh. and it was only because I was like every every Tina Park I went to Aye. when Biffy were playing, every every indie nerd in the world descended on Tina Park. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's the exact same. Like it transmitted last year. That's what really got me in it. I was watching these videos and playing on of him playing live uh-huh. because he builds it up when he starts the set. He starts the dum dum, and it just builds it up on the the loop. Uh-huh. And I just think it's amazing. By the end, by the time he's he's hitting his stride, it's setting the crowd on fire. And the video for Transmit when he was on the King Tuts, I think, stage last year. Mm-hmm. Probably the crowd, which probably is what I saw. Mental. Uh, and that's a year ago to almost the day. And he played Transmit main stage on Saturday. Yeah. And he had, I think, I about 50,000 people maybe watching yeah. him. That's insanity. Yeah. No, that's and he incredible. played at the Purple Lounge. He played in Bathgate like two years ago. Oh, really? That's cool. It's mental. Yeah. And it, it sets the precedent for us. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously for Paddy and Stefan and every, uh, everyone. Right. Do you know what I mean? Anything is possible. And the... Uh, was first at Capaldi. Um, oh, Lewis. Lewis yes, Capaldi. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Lewis did the exactly, literally exactly what you're doing. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? He played and he played and he played and, and I'd played gigs with him years ago before I'd even realised who he was. That's cool. Uh, and that's no reflection on him. Again, I, I like his music. I think yeah, it's He's nice. a very understated guy though. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, and even in like the, the stuff that he does now, it, it, when he's on stage, because um, we, we saw him at St. Luke's in Glasgow um, last year and uh, he's kind of like this He's kind of anxious almost. Yeah, yeah. Eh? He's got a bit of a kind of like um, endearing awkwardness about him. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you just kind of like ah, he's he's not he's not all about being a big star. Not and stylist, stuff. and he's taking off. Got this he's huge got massive. Voice. He's got this. You Do know. you know? And I'm honestly, see when he released, I think it was Bruises that came out mm. on the piano. Yeah, I've heard him play the guitar, like the acoustic version of it. And when Bruises came out, I was like, I don't like that. I don't like it. And it's basically it's not a reflection on the the song because. Well, it was at the time, mm-hmm. but it was the way maybe his record company pushed him or the way he's, what, he's been made to record it or whatever. But I saw them, I saw him, I played it uh, in Mid-Calder on Boxing Day, uh-huh. and there was this rumour, as soon as I got there, people were like, Lewis may be coming, like, what's mm-hmm. going to happen, is Lewis going to be here? Excuse me, um, and he showed up, I showed up I think about 7 o'clock, he rolled in about quarter past 7, and it was empty, uh-huh. and he just sat, so I was sat, he literally sat down next to me and I was like, this is very cool. <laughs> This guy's got like forty five million plays on Spotify. Yeah, he's he's gone to America to record his album. He's literally yeah, taken yeah, over the world, yeah. and he's sitting right next to me in a pub in Mythgolder. Do you that's, know what I mean? Um, that's nice. So I I played, no, tell a lie. I played my set. So I played my set. It was early anyway. So mm-hmm. I played my early set. Then I came off, and then Lewis came, uh, and then he played. Like uh-huh. I think about half past nine, ten o'clock or something. Like that I went on, and the place was literally heaving anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was busy anyway, and every single person knew the songs. Yeah. And he was singing stuff that I'd never personally heard before, but that everyone in the everyone, world else had seen yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and when he played Bruises, he'd sang it with the guitar. Mm-hmm. And it was unbelievable. Yeah. Like, literally, I've never been in a place where, you know, well, apart from Jerry, where you're like, this guy is taking over the whole world, man. Uh-huh. And it was only because every pub in my college, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just because everyone was so wrapped up in the moment, man. It yeah. was absolutely amazing. And it happened with Jerry. Um, obviously maybe Transmit was a big one but I seen him play the Biscuit Factory uh, EH6 right. and it had that feeling like everyone was here for Jerry yeah. uh, and he didn't even like, he just rolled out his sick bed he was out and he came out along and played <laughs> and that was him but I think maybe the making of him will be the Barrowlands gigs like the Christmas gigs will be like the Oasis at King Tuts or whatever do you know uh-huh. what I mean like that big gig where they finally just were like kicks off. these guys this are going to be huge yeah I think that's going to happen I think Jerry uh it's tremendous, man. I think he'll make it. It's the same with Lewis, do you know what I mean? They're both absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. And it makes me so sad that I'm still, like, working in an office, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, smack, like, 
do mass in every day, try to get somewhere. That's yeah, you know, but I mean that that's I think um I still have in my head this idea that um musicians if you're putting out records that th- then you're a signed artist and that's your job. But there's a ton of people that I listen to who probably for for a good while at least have been working and doing this on the side and that's just how what you've got to do like it's not like you just get signed and all of a sudden that's you're, it you're you know like you're, yeah exactly um you know there, there's there's a lot to be said for even just having like a wee niche following people who are who dig what you're doing who are, are into that um you know it, it doesn't even need to be your kind of full-time job for it to be a success in its own right or for it to be something that people like really get a lot out of you know um there's a, 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 um, i've spent quite a quite a bit of time trolling through random stuff on bandcamp um you know all these like random unsigned artists and stuff and you come across stuff you're like that's amazing but it's just some some dude in his bedroom who's you know doing what you're doing doing what i'm doing and 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 you know like dozens of people that, that we know all doing the same kind of stuff and you stumble across it and you go that's that's great and you can hear people from halfway across the world um, and enjoy what they're doing and then just like chuck them a few quid because you've downloaded their album do you know what I mean like I, uh, uh, do you know I was saying this uh, to my cousin about it about Bandcamp I want to use it because uh, obviously I've now got I've ordered all these prints and man mm. like just like well prints and business cards for my stuff Um but I, I want to use it because I've got all these mad wee drawings and I want to do I see people doing interesting stuff all the time mm. like oh yeah, buy this album and get like a mad drawing so yeah. uh, I want to do it but Robin's like your drawings are too mad <laughs> you're not allowed <laughs> you'll freak people <laughs> literally you're not allowed to sell this stuff on Bandcamp so um, no I'm forbidden but oh, I want, as much as I want to do it uh, I'm not allowed but I think it's amazing I think Bandcamp is a very cool platform literally just because of the fact you can do that kind of stuff. Mm. I mean, you can sell mad merch or give mad merch away. Yeah. More about mad merch. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I think it's interesting. It is interesting. It definitely is. Um, aye, uh, and, and the whole pay what you want thing, you know, um, uh, there was a lot made of it when Radiohead released, was it In Rainbows? Was that the one that they released? On Bandcamp? Uh, not, 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 not on Bandcamp necessarily, but like for Pay What You Want, that you know, they kind of said, like, we're essentially offering this for free. I can't remember which album it was, I, I might be wrong about which one it was. Um, but you know, it, it wasn't a it wasn't a new thing at the time, it, but, but it, it, was, it, was, it was new on that scale, you know, like nobody of that um, kind of, no of that, yeah, exactly, had, had done that before. Um, aye, but I think Bandcamp, that's, that's one of their little niches that they. But they do very well. Um, I like that kind of stuff. Um, I can't remember where I got to. Sorry, I've, I've no, 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 I've, I've, I've derailed you again. I'm trying to think. Uh, so I, we were talking about so September time um, about Jerry. Oh, Jerry! That's why I got there. Was me that derailed us. <laughs> so uh, September time, October. Um, can you see people's names on these things? I've no idea. Uh, a guy I know. Um, I was I was on the bus home for one night, uh, and again I'd only just been back at work about two weeks, mm-hmm. so I was starting to get back in my stride, and I was getting good at my job again. Uh, on the bus home, and I posted a Jerry lyric, um, and somebody messaged all like, "Oh, are you are you going to the gig tomorrow mm-hmm. at the biscuit factory?" So no, uh, didn't get a ticket. Sold out at this point. I was like, "Can I get a ticket or whatever?" Uh, and that was that. And then Saturday morning, I got a message from another guy who I know is like a, a radio DJ and a promoter and stuff, mm-hmm. and he was like. I'm managing one of the stages, I could put you on the guest list. I was like, oh my God. Excellent. Yeah. And I went down, me and Robin had organised uh, to have uh, Mexican food and watch wrestling. And I went and I was like, I've, I've given a ticket to Jerry <laughs> Cinnamon. I've had a better offer. No, 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 no not at all. I can't say that. No, but I was just like, I, I know we'd made plans and I'm really sorry, but I've been given guest list for Jerry Cinnamon. And I'd only just fell in love with albums and I'd been playing it like religiously. Yeah. Uh, so she was like whatever man like just go because if I, if I stop you you're going to hate me anyway so uh, so I went and it was amazing like it was unbelievable and again it's literally just because I've been listening to it literally every second of the day because I've been off I've been uh-huh. off for ages um, with my old man dying and getting trying to get back on my feet yeah. and stuff so I had a lot of time to listen to it um, so that was September time October time I saw him uh, then I just kind of took a break again I wrote before I went back to work I wrote I dropped my guitar to G for the first ever time. 
uh, and I wrote a song, and I think this is really what pushed me back into work. So I was kind of I knew that I was going back, and I was kind of anxious about it and stuff, uh, and I wanted to write, and I think it was cathartic enough, or it was cathartic to be putting words out and to mm-hmm. write about everything that happened. Yeah. And the song's called Double Downer Points. Right. Uh, and it's Drop G. Um, first ever song I've written on Drop G. And I think it's just, or Open G. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really, it is just cathartic more than anything. It's yeah. quite depressing. Uh, again, it's one of those things I was juxtaposition where the, the music is like Rolling Stones, like a rainbow almost, or She's a Rainbow mm-hmm. type of happiness. Uh, but the lyrics are just like, Stop your moaning. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's no, nothing, I, I, nothing you can do. I, I've I've never had a problem with depressing music. Like, you know, depressing music makes me happy. So, um, I get moaned for it every day. Bring it on. I get moaned for it every day. Nah, but it's just nah. literally because for ages all I wrote was depressing stuff. And it's not intentional. Do you know yeah. I mean? I'm not a depressed guy or I wasn't for a long time. Yeah. Um, it just happened. Yeah. Can't well, my, my wife, um, Sarah, for, for years, kind of um, used to take the nick a little bit out of my songs that were always quite sort of love lorn and um, all that kind of stuff and uh, aye so I've, uh, I've made a concerted effort to, to move away from sort of writing lyrics that are all about sort of I just can't help it no but I, 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 I still write depressing stuff but it's, um, it's maybe, maybe not quite as um, sort of I don't know self-loathing as the lyrics used to be I've never been that bad <laughs> I've, never been, I've never been to the point where I'm like self-loathing I think I, I, probably I used the wrong to write to use to be honest but, um, a lot of songs about death yeah, death is everywhere, man. Yeah, exactly, that. It's, it is literally part of life, which is confusing. But yeah, it is, um, and I wrote a lot about it, like pretty much. Well, you've by the sound of it, there's been a fair bit of it going on, so that's entirely understandable. It's been a fair work, yeah. But and I, again, I, I always hate saying that because it's like I don't want everyone just to be like, oh well, it's a lot of death. Let's feel sorry for him. Do you know what I mean it's not like it's never ever mm. been that way, and I've never tried to be like that. Yeah, I've always just been like, it's just life. And it, yeah. again, when my old man passed away. People and I, I always hate it because I hate talking about it. And I don't. I don't I hate talking about it. I love talking about it. I love talking yeah. about just him. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, I don't mind talking about him dying. Yeah. I don't like when people are like kind of pussy fit about it and yeah. like, oh, I'm really sorry. Uh-huh. What are you? Why are you sorry? And I, and again, that's really selfish of me to say because people are genuine. Yeah. But I'm just like I don't, I'm not. Obviously, I'm gutty, but I'm not hurting anymore. Yeah. I'm just like. But it, 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 they can be quite awkward conversations. Um, I remember, like, um, I was saying to you earlier that my, my parents died years ago now, separately. Um, but they, um, like, it wasn't, like, the same event or anything. It's essentially all I mean by that. But um, they, I, I didn't tell anyone that I was working with that my mum was ill. Like, she was in a hospice for, for weeks. And I, didn't, I didn't really tell anyone. Um, and I, 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 while she was in the hospice dying... Uh, I got a. I was told that I had a, a new job, but like I'd applied for a job around about that time when I got it, and I just kind of like left my old job. I, d- I didn't really say to anyone, "Oh, I'm going." It was just like a time when I was just like, I just kind of shut down socially a little bit. You know, I didn't. I didn't want to share any of that kind of stuff. It wasn't that I actively would have withheld anything from anyone. I just didn't want to start these weird, awkward conversations that would. And they're just making you feel worse. Yeah. Aye. Perfect. I see, I couldn't get away from it. And that's just because, like, when I was growing up, mum and dad had, like, an open house policy almost, and mm. people would come and crash, and they'd be having parties every week. Like, not every weekend, but there was a lot of parties. Yeah. Uh, and they were great. Do you mm. know what I mean? They had a great time. They loved it. Uh, every one of my friends loved, like, loved my mum and dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and my best mate called him, like, he was like a second dad to him. Do you know what I mean? Um, and the day he passed away, I called everybody. So yeah. like literally, <laughs> I, I went out. Me and my mum were in the room. I went out and saw Robin, and my best mate Robs Robin uh, came along, and I was just standing there, and I was like, I just I felt like I was with family though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was is exactly like that. And then everyone piled in, so everyone came to say goodbye, and it was all people my age. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like Sandy Skinner or something like that. Just people, <laughs> and that's exactly what it was like. The when my best mate's boy passed away. Do you know what I mean? We were super young, mm-hmm. uh, and so we've all been dealing with it. Yeah. Like, there's a, a group, the PHS is quoted heavily in World Wind of the Week, which is off the EP, mm-hmm. coming 13th of July. Uh, <laughs> there's a, a line that says, well, do you know what? I'll get to it. So, 
double downer points came out of nowhere uh, and was cathartic and it got me back on my feet and mm-hmm. I got back to work but then I couldn't write anything yeah. so I just gave up and I wasn't playing gigs I played one on boxing David Lewis yeah. um, and then that was that and then just gradually man do you know I don't even know I don't even know how this year I've no yeah. idea why this is June or July now yeah like maybe January time I got asked to play um, do you know what I don't know, I know why it took off because I said to uh, I done a radio interview last year with Ross uh, Coots mm-hmm. Coots who'd said uh, if you want we'll get you on at Gig in the Goyle and then in January I got the message of like organising Gig in the Goyle would you like to come and play and I was like yeah absolutely so um, so that was that and obviously I'd taken a long time off and I kind of just wanted to get back on my feet so I started learning to drive um, it's time trying to write again I play it when I say write I mean like this is January this year yeah yeah, so, uh, 18, yeah. Um, so 17 obviously passed away July had Christmas not to get out of the way then January I was like you know what fresh start started learning to drive again um, started trying to write lyrics man not getting anywhere mm. Uh, I know how that feels. It's horrible. <laughs> but I play guitar every day. I can write a hundred million guitar licks a week yep. and not have a wordy lick, like a licky lyrics down. Yeah. Um, and that was that was a year. So from the last time properly that I'd written, excluding the song in June yep. and September, really that I'd sat and written. Um, so that was a uh, gig in the Goyle came along. And then just different me things started filtering in. Mm-hmm. Um I made amends with the Purple Orange. I bumped into, um, or I bumped into Mick at, at Jerry Cinema, uh-huh. and then that kind of got the ball rolling again. That's good. That's and then good. he messaged me uh, about a slot because they, I was organised to play Sing on the Bang. Uh-huh. And he was like, "Listen, we're going to get a night on uh, the PO. Do I come along and play?" And I was, do you know, I was so apprehensive about it because I'd been, we'd fallen out massively. Yeah, we had a big fallout. It's bygones, but. Uh, and I'd forgiven him about it, or, or like not forgiven him, but like we were mutually stupid. Um, but you, you kind of got yeah, over it. It, yeah, it wasn't a big deal. Built a bridge. Anymore, yeah, I built a bridge, and I got over it. Uh, and I went back, and that was I think the first time I probably like played a gig with you. I think. Uh-huh. Um, and it was amazing. Was that, that night was, that it was right? just euphoria. Uh-huh. Like the uh, me, you, Paddy, and Stefan. Yeah. Uh, and it was just really lovely, man. I had a great night, yeah. and that was I think probably one of my first gigs of the year. I can't even think. Um, and then obviously the ball started rolling in, and that was only like what three months ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah, not long ago. Um, again, I always and I always feel bad for saying like, oh, I'm a singer songwriter. I was playing and I'm working office, whatever. Um, because I hadn't written in so long. Do you know what I mean? I felt like I was getting to the point where I was a fraud even saying that. Do you know what I mean? I hadn't played properly in ages, and I wasn't writing at all. And even now, do you know what I mean? I've got songs coming out, but they they just kind of petering out, and they're getting their wee bits and bobs that mm-hmm. are coming. Um. But I hadn't written in so long that I was like, I can't even say that anymore. Do you know what I mean? I'm a singer and I play songs that I've written ages ago, but I don't think but you can put not, on a poster. But you're not currently a singer-songwriter. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so I felt like a fraud. Thanks for listening, everyone. That's the end of part one. But part two is available right now, so feel free to go and check that out.